Alright, uh, one, two, three, four. Welcome back to the Guard Up Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Have I turned you away yet? I hope not. (laughs) Guys, uh, wow. If Ren looks like he was staring into the abyss, it's because he has. Because he's been learning Houdini all day, and he looks like a man who's been watching tutorials on sops, vops, flops, Chops and cops. cops. Yeah. Chops and and cops. Yeah. Chops, cops, vops, sops. There, it basically like SOP is like a surface operator, a VOP is a vector operator, a COP is a I don't know. Do you know that Houdini is the one that gave Buster Keaton his nickname Buster? Really, really, mm-hmm. the, the Houdini, the Harry Houdini. Wow. Is, is Buster the one who busted him in the gut and killed him? Wait, was his nope. first name Gary? <laughs> Buster, is that what you just said? No, Harry. Oh, Harry? Yeah. No wonder he went by Houdini. Harry Dini. Harry. <laughs> yeah. So I'm learning this new program called Harry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh, I, was, I was saying a moment ago, before we had technical difficulties, you went to go get a LaCroix, and I was reminded how uh, we had Gavin over for... Gavin from the Slimo Guys, and we were filming an episode for the Guillotine channel, and we chopped a whole bunch of these cans in super slow motion. It was great. Oh, and yeah. I forget what happened. But I think I ended up losing a bet or something like that, and I had to chug the entirety of one of these things <laughs> in one go, yeah. and I Ouch. did it. How'd that go? It uh, it was fine. I did the whole thing, and then I had, uh, I had so much gas in my stomach from this that I, I had like I had to burp really badly. Yeah. But when I did, it just came out in one long just like breath, mm-hmm. as opposed to like a normal burp sound effect. And Gavin, I just he mem- I remember him commenting. He was like. It sounded like you just opened a valve and vented. <laughs> it did, though. It did. It sounded it was like... like... Was it funny because of that or because he said it with an English accent? Well, everything Gavin says is going to be funny because he's got an English accent. It's true. Yeah. It's, that's the one... English Englishmen and women, if you're listening, that's the one thing. I'm sure we feel... You guys probably hear the same thing when we talk probably sounds funny maybe yeah but, i think uh, new zealand accents it either is sounds new smarter or it sounds like funnier yeah. yeah new zealand accents are like the height yeah the height yeah. of funny english yeah, yeah. my name is Cork. Even... i've made of rocks yeah. <laughs> we're here to start a revolution <laughs> you can say whatever you want in new zealand accents funny mm-hmm. get away with it mm-hmm. right. yeah i had a buddy in college who had an Irish. What should I do with this? Should I just drink this and then put it on? Or yeah, are, are we like little... at in between sips, Gavin Newsom phase right now? Or like, what, what is the proper protocol? The newest line. Drink this the newest line of masks has a little zipper right here. You just kind of put it, put the nozzle in, <laughs> drink it. Like, you know, a, like a chastity mask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it, yeah are those real? <laughs> I bet there's. I bet there is. But I think the next phase is just like you just get a hose that's connected to the mask. <laughs> And you could just go, yeah, just slurp it on up. We should get a beer bucket. Yeah, a beer bucket on top. Yeah. Oh, I have news. I'm half vaccinated now. Half, oh, you are? Half vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I got my first man. shot on Friday. Thank you. Hey, and at I, first I was a little yeah. hesitant because a friend of mine runs a, a vaccine clinic. And I was like, wait, am I like cutting in line? Is this like ethically irresponsible for me to do? And he was like, and yes. <laughs> no, he was actually like, no. So the issue is that... Uh, 
a vaccine, you have to store it at a really cold temperature. But once you start thawing it out, yeah. you can't just refreeze it. Right. You got to use it or lose it. Something right. like negative 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, right? it's, it's ridiculously mm. cold. Thanks, Dippin' Dots. Uh, <laughs> and I don't, okay, don't read Dippin' Dots. Technology provided by Dippin' Dots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so it's like, if they don't, it's a, then it becomes a logistics problem. They're not able to get enough people to come in to use all of the vaccines. Okay. And so at the end of the week, they always have like just a few extra. The open. And so they're like, so then the staff kind of gets their friends in. And I was like, this seems sketch, right? This seems unethical. And apparently like economists and, and uh, doctors are all saying, no, actually it is better for the world for you to take advantage of that. They, mm. they're, they're encouraging people to go ahead and do that. It doesn't matter if you're skipping the line. Go ahead and just do it because the quicker everyone can get vaccinated, the quicker we can get through this. Right. So yeah. I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to go do my part. <laughs> okay, so I heard... So when do you take your second? March, late late March. Okay. Like four so, weeks later. So I heard... I was listening to uh, Game Theorists. Uh, they did an interview with uh, Dr. Fauci. The Game Theorists? Yeah. Like the Game Theory Channel? Like mm-hmm. Matt Pat? Yeah. Matt okay. Pat and his wife... Uh, her name is Sarah. I forget her name. Yeah. Um, they did an interview with uh, Fauci, and um, he said in the interview, I don't know what he meant by this, and I'm hoping maybe we can get some clarity here from from our educated group of <laughs> of commentators here. All these top scientists. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys. He said that the uh, the 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 vaccination doesn't prevent you from getting COVID. It just prevents you from having symptoms. Yeah, I mean, technically, no vaccination prevents you from that's getting what, yeah. like the disease gets into you, but then your body has antibodies to fight it off. That's what I was thinking. Is like maybe that's what he meant, but it wasn't. It was like one of those sound cues where if taken out of context, it was like, oh, maybe he should be. Maybe they should talk to him about the language that he used for that. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's confusing language. It's confusing, right there. but then I thought about it and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Think about when you get a flu vaccine, you get the flu, kind you, of. You can catch it, but your body kills it right away. Oh, hmm. I see what you're saying. Because it's got antibodies. Yeah. So you still catch it. But you don't replicate it and it doesn't take off and spread through your system. Okay, so so can so under this new vaccine, if you take it, can you then spread it to other people? Uh not or really. I don't that's what I was confused. I mean, I'm not a doctor, there, but there, no. Yeah. From what I know, it, there's Ren's still our, Ren's our in house science man. <laughs> yeah, <he's> all <laughs> questions of science inevitably <laughs> defer to Ren. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am the world's foremost expert. He's a Neil deGrasse Tyson of everything. Dude, I put Neil deGrasse Tyson to shame with my science knowledge. Anyway, so I'm going to expertly talk about something I'm definitely not an expert in. Uh, so the theory. What are we talking it. about? Just can you spread it to other people now, right. that, you've, now that you've taken um, it? Uh, the jury's still out. It's okay. it's it's not exactly known. There's not enough data yet sure. to, to determine whether or not if you are fully vaccinated, can you still transmit the virus? Because like you're saying, it's like if you're fully vaccinated, you can still like interact with the virus. You can get it into your system. Mm -hmm. And it just means that, you know, like you're saying, it's like you can fight it off. You're not going to like be sick from it. But it is still possible that you can go around and spread it to others. That question came in the context of whether or not you should be continuing to wear a mask either after you've had COVID or you got the vax. And and that's exactly it. Uh, I will continue to wear a mask in pop in public. Uh even if I'm fully vaccinated. So just as a precaution. Yeah, yeah, more or less. But well, the I mask think... is also a nice social cue to be like, hey, I'm taking this seriously. I'm trying to be safe. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But I think things will change once, like, you know someone else is fully vaccinated, then you both can let your guard down. Mm. And then Matt can go on a Tinder date again. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, been Thank holding God. out. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, been saying no to all those requests. <laughs> <laughs> yep, no thanks, not until COVID's over. That's what I say. Interesting. Okay. Well, that was a question. Are, we don't have to dwell on that topic. But yeah. I just. I mean, don't like so the COVID. It it stays on surfaces though, right? For like however long days uh, or, so, uh, surf- or so. Surfaces aren't that big so. of a deal. It's it's more about the aerosolized aspect of it. It's, it stays in the air longer than we initially realized, and it's <laughs> it's all about breathing. You know, it's this is a yeah. this is a lung disease type thing. It's a yeah a respiratory illness. Okay. Yeah. My point was that we're all surfaces as well, so I don't know if like yeah. that it could spread that way. I mean, it, like it can, hand, it can. You, you can get it. From I'm feeling good about herd immunity coming up here. Three of my neighbors have had it. Yeah, really? Yeah, <laughs> I haven't been with them while they had it. But. Two, <laughs> two of my neighbors yeah. uh, were taken to the hospital via uh, fire trucks and ambulances. Yes. Oh, well, Porter and, Junction, the guy that works there. That's the dad of that family that owns that place. Had it in January, and he had to go in and ventilator and all that stuff oh wow yeah Ooh. he's old he's in the demographic that's yeah. been hit hardest obviously but yeah of the two neighbors that went only one came back no oh man yep yeah yep you know i'm it's weird that like tragic. just because of like the culture in america right now around covid we haven't gotten to the point yet where we've really started to acknowledge and memorialize like the half a million people that have died you know we're just starting to get there but even then, I, most people like are either kind of in that denial phase or just like the I'm not going to worry about it till it's over because we got to get through it phase, which I'll get. But like grieve later at a certain mm-hmm. point, we need to do the whole like, hey, let's take a moment and like mm. reflect on the people that yeah. have we've lost from this, you know? Yeah. But we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Loss is ever present. I don't know where I'm at in that in that mix, but I do know that it's uh... we are doing a thing for charity in about two weeks here. Yes. Can we talk about that yet? Um, <laughs> no. I'm we just going to say no. Also, by the way. <laughs> we are <laughs> not going to talk about back. that. We have yeah. to be extra on guard because we are live now. On guard! <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, we'll, I mean, the idea is that we're going to... Oh, I'll save it. Let's, just, <laughs> let's save it. Yeah. Okay. The, we'll do another podcast and get closer okay. for that one. But yes, we are doing a thing for charity. Uh, in about two weeks here, specifically COVID-19 related charities. Yeah. Um, and I anticipate that we'll raise a good chunk of money for it, too. Hoping so. Because we're getting help from somebody. Yeah. Who has a lot of clout right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> Put it yeah. lightly. Has a lot of clout. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, to piggyback on that topic <laughs> without mentioning anything. I uh I bought some Bitcoin funds the other day. Oh no, really? Yep, I know. See, I don't know. Is this... <laughs> Why did you do that? And it was just to see, just so that I'm like. Well, when mentally... did you buy it? When did you buy it? Like last week. Except uh, okay, that's how it's it. dipped. Well, it's dipped ten thou. It's dipped a lot since last. Has... Week. Well, what's it at now? It's it, it's it's up over fifty thousand now. Again? It's all over yeah. the place. Because on Friday, Nico, you are so I sold. bearish. I sold. I'm out. It. Okay, so yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what convinced me. Uh obviously there's an insane value. That's right? 48.9. Okay, that's I bought it less than that. So I'm okay. good. <laughs> but it's probably going to go down. But in time, it's probably going to be above that. Will it because it's also highly inefficient. It's extremely inefficient, but it's see 
I'm testing it. I didn't. I didn't invest a lot. It's not like I took my kid's sure. college fund and was like, "Here we go, let's rock." It was like a couple hundred bucks, you mm. know, like just so that I'm mentally, yeah, like it's in the back of my head. But if you think about it as as analogous to gold, then maybe the value is going to continue to go up slowly in, t- in time obviously there's a giant spike it's completely in the whims of whatever the hell it is right now there's no predicting a value of it of any kind i'm not trying to say that there is only reason i did it is just to like oh let's let's just ride this train and see <laughs> you what bought happens. a ticket and yeah. now you're on the cruise ship yeah. yeah yeah um and so i don't know but if there's only a finite number of bitcoin and they don't mine more then technically you would have a demand supply situation, which I think the reason for the spike is because of that. People are like, oh, there's only so many of these left. Yeah. Well, this, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's all speculation, the the by the way. Tear me apart in the comments. Go ahead. This is all speculation. Can they tear you apart right now in the comments? Let's Probably. Find out. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Somebody tear him apart, please. <laughs> Jake, I tear you apart. <laughs> I mean, One tear, please. Just, I figured I, I was like, yeah, this seems like a clown train. Let me buy a ticket and get on it. <laughs> See what's on here. I just, I find it odd how like human beings function where like the moment you're like, oh, it's limited. There's only so many. Well, I need some of that. We'll so I can have it a little bit. It's like, cool, I invented another thing that's limited. And then I invented another thing that's limited. And then I invented another thing that's limited. It's, it's like, all limited. <laughs> yeah. Question is, how limited, Nico? Think about diamonds. Technically, technically, diamonds aren't limited. Because it's made out of carbon. There's a lot of carbon. Well, there's, a, there's obviously a finite supply of everything in an infinite enough universe. But, like, diamonds. <laughs> diamonds are valuable, right? <laughs> Kinda. They're valuable because De Beers <laughs> a, said they're valuable a hundred years ago and formed a whole market around it behind wedding rings and, and like you are only valuable to your partner if you buy her the most expensive ring you right. can't afford. So <sighs> I always hate that assessment of value. Like, well, it's valuable if people think it's value. You know, like obviously you want there to be inherent value in something at the end of the day. But that's not always the case either. It's well, weird. Well, is there inherent value in art? Depends on if you enjoy it. Depends on if it's historical. Yeah, if you yeah. feel like emotionally. Because it's subjective, to it. you know? Right. So why is there a seventy billion dollar market for art? I mean, there is a there is value in art. There is inherent value in art. And I would point to the example of music. Like I think we've all heard songs that have made us cry or made us happy or pulled us from one emotional state to another. And I think that's there is inherent value in that. I don't know what it's worth in terms of dollars or coins, but yeah. In a diamond? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe? I mean, is there anything that's valuable that we don't put a value to? If you give a loved one a... Now we're in the weeds, man. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a weeds, though. That's like just how... That's like... That's just how it works. It's true. We, we put value into everything that, yeah. that exists. I guess there's inherent value in diamonds. If you give a loved one a diamond and they, like, mm-hmm. are like, you know, not to gender stereotype, but like, if you give a girl a diamond, she's like, <gasps> yeah. I mean, there's, it's it's if it's value, whenever people put value into it at the end of the day. I mean, we're human beings. Like all these things, they're just shiny rocks. Like, 
They're just numbers. They're just, just baseball a, cards. They're just stuff. It's guys true. It's just a metal that won't corrode. <laughs> yeah. That's, see, that has inherent value. Well, there is that is a good, but as people say, or I think Elon Musk said this, if you own gold stock or gold things, like it's just a number on paper as is crypto. Right. Yeah. You know? It's not like I bought a Bitcoin. I bought an index, yeah. which is like, yeah, just a. So technically, if you actually want to own gold or silver, you should go and physically have some gold and silver. Right. And I do think that that's like not necessary at all, but also <laughs> like if if you can do it, you should do it because if if shit really hit the fan. It should really hit the fan. Ammo is the currency. Ammo is definitely <laughs> the currency. Hell yeah, brother. Son, have you seen the price of ammo lately? No. It's I don't insane. Want to see it. <laughs> it's oh, going man. crazy. Well, and it's like, you'll, you'll go to the store to buy bread with bullets. Like, you won't put them in a gun ever. You're just like, right. all right, two bullets for this slice. Yeah, it's like cigarettes in prison. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I'm getting nice. into like Fallout Cap territory with that. <laughs> like, jeez. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, you can melt down the brass and do other things with it, I mm. guess. Could yeah, <laughs> I don't know how you would though. I'm just riffing here though. Today's I think a riff cast. If you guys have riff any other topics cast. that you want to talk about, feel free. Otherwise, I'll keep going on the <laughs> my my completely uneducated assessment of the inherent value of all things <laughs> Eco- economics with four people who don't study economics. I do. I do have an undergraduate degree in economics. Oh, just kidding. Okay, Jake actually has economics. But, yeah. <laughs> that only gets you so far. Like, let's be honest. It's time to take off into the trajectory of learning and fun and all things interactive because with today's sponsor, Brilliant.org, that's exactly what you can do. Now, if you don't know, Brilliant.org is a website and app that has over 60 courses that help you understand fundamental concepts of math, science, and computer science. And through the interactive experiences that those courses take you through, you'll better understand the laws that shape our world. Now, I've told you guys about some of the math courses, some of the probability courses that that I've taken, but another course that I found really interesting was casino probability. Now, obviously, casino probability is just probability in statistics, but the application of them within craps, blackjack, and poker made it much more applicable to experiences that I was familiar with. I've played blackjack. I've played poker. Not only did it increase my chances of maybe winning a little bit more, it also just helped me understand the game a little bit more, which makes it a little bit more fun to play in general. That's why I wore this slick jacket today, because I felt like I could Walk right into the golden nugget and put 20 down right there at the blackjack table. Head on over to brilliant.org slash corridorcast. You can sign up for free. And the first 200 people to sign up using brilliant.org slash corridorcast will get 20% off an annual membership. All right, let's go back to the podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I heard an I read an interesting theory. You know, it's kind of why why things like the stock market spiked in the pandemic, why things like Bitcoin spiked, why things like GameStop has spiked. You know, obviously some of those things are caught up in trends online and things like that. But you know, we are 
when you have stimulus spending, you do end up with inflation in certain regards, but we haven't had inflation in a lot of the consumer price index things, which can be misleading because consumer price index generally references things that middle class to lower class people buy. Yeah. Um, now, when you do like, say, a $600 stimulus check or the, you know small business loans, things like that, that goes to somebody who's struggling to pay the rent or struggling to make ends meet because they don't, you know, they lost their job. <clears throat> then you don't get a sudden influx of cash. You just get somebody paying the rent, which is already happening. But if somebody already has their bases covered, you know, they're, they're making enough income that, you know, a $600 stimulus check isn't paying the rent because they already have the rent paid. Then that goes into the stock market or it goes into investments. It goes into savings. You know, maybe they go out and buy something with it, but a lot of people just save it, you know, because they don't need to spend it right now. And so that's one of the reasons why you see an inflation in something like the stock market, but you don't see that inflation yet in like consumer goods. Uh, it's a theory, just you know that I read online. Um, a game theory. <laughs> it's just a theory. <laughs> but that is something that we're looking at right now. When you, you know, in something like when Bitcoin jumps up to fifty thousand dollars a coin, a bit, um, yeah. you know, you, you always go like, "Man, Bitcoin is so valuable." But you should pause and remember that you know Einstein's theory of relativity. Did Bitcoin go up in value or did the dollar go down in value? Both. Both. Yeah. yeah. Definitely you know, both. Same with everything. Because when else. you when you the it's weird. <clears throat> it's really weird. Like, first of all, we, we operate on this Federal Reserve system, which is everyone bashes on the Federal Reserve, but actually it's it's a very robust like system that keeps a lot of things from going wrong. But that aside, when you have a bunch of people that are like take that example, take that $600 and then you <clears throat> save it. Well, now you took it out of circulation effectively. Like, yeah, it can go into a savings account and then the res the reserve rate, they can charge interest on it, you know, well, and they can invest it in other areas, but like it, you didn't take it and then immediately give it out into like some sort of consumer product. Right. So that, all of a sudden now it's hard to tell like how much how much money is is actually in the system yeah um because you don't see as much of it going around from transaction to transaction day to day um you can look at things like bank reserves and things like that to understand that but at the same time um it just it it makes it there's more smoke and mirrors than there were than there was prior mm -hmm. and so yeah it's it's weird we're in a really weird an unprecedented economic time for sure. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, maybe it'll just, things will hum along and maybe it's just, maybe that's just where the value is. And it's like, maybe the Dow is like 30,000 plus and maybe Bitcoins are 50,000 and maybe, maybe it's all fine. Maybe, I mean, I feel but like we're reaching a point where everybody's like, look, I just realized that currency is totally a made up thing. <laughs> so my V bucks and Fortnite okay are just as valuable to me as my crypto art, which is just as valuable to me as my Ethereum. Like, it's all just... That is all is the same only thing. so true, though. <laughs> well, that was how Ethereum started. The guy whose name... Vitalik something. I forget his name. Who, some kid who invented Ethereum when he was, like, 19 years old because he, was, uh, he wasn't pleased with how Bitcoin was operating. Uh, he was inspired to do that because he had been playing World of Warcraft. Mm. In World of Warcraft, you get gold, Right. And you can actually sell that gold from in-game for real-world cash. Mm -hmm. And then one day, uh, Blizzard kind of changed the way the uh, World of Warcraft economy works. And it overnight adjusted the value of all of the in-game gold. And so it's like, 
Imagine the government just one day changes something and you now don't have the same amount of money you did the day before. Oh, I don't need to imagine. <laughs> so there, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm it was like, he, was a, he, he didn't like how that was, so he wanted mm. to create something that was more decentralized where you couldn't do something like that. Right. And so he created Ethereum. Which is the value of crypto to people, is that you, it's, it's decentralized. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So on that note, though, there is also a another side of that where it's like when when people get to the point where they're like all money has no value and it's all just then you get into a complete other you get to the other side of this crazy perspective which is like well then then why don't why don't we just like print a bunch of money and give it out and there'll be no consequences to it that's we don't know anything about that territory. That's like pointing a. I mean, we we do. They did it in Germany. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Hyperinflation. Right. Yeah. So that's definitely possible, and we've seen examples of that. Now, the head of the Fed right now is saying, like, yes, we know why there was inflation in the seventies and the eighties, and we know all these other instances of hyperinflation, and we know a lot about those. Yes, but it also what he said was like, right now, we don't know if those same things apply or if they don't. And it's like, gotcha. a, it's like a really weird, that's why things are so weird right now is because uh, we've previously, it's it was like, oh, well, this hyperinflation in the 70s happened because of this hyperinflation in Germany happened because of that hyperinflation in Venezuela happened because of that, da, 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 da. Now, now it's like, is there going to be hyperinflation because of this? And it's like, well, we have these tools. All the, all the Fed says is like, well, we have these tools and, uh, you know, we can use them and uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, I don't know. I don't know what that means, <laughs> you know, because like, yeah, it's just, it's surreal sometimes. Like I, it could just be that the, the world economy has gotten to a level of flatness where now it's sort of evolving into another like layer of itself that hasn't existed before that's entirely possible but it's also entirely possible that it's not that case and we're just kind of way off on a curve right now we'll see mm -hmm. yeah. what is what's the difference like hyperinflation is printing money is that the or is that very basically what it is or basically like, well, yeah. we should also be clear when we say printing money we don't mean they're like Fire up those printers, boys! <laughs> yeah. get... no, I mean, that's what they did back they in add like, a the, few zeros. Yeah, that is I'm what they did. I'm referring to Germany in like the 30s, yeah. before World War II, before yeah. Hitler rose to power. When right. it was like hyperinflation was like such a big deal, like you had people literally wheelbarrowing all of their cash to the store yeah. to buy groceries. It happened in the Civil War with the Southern currency. It happened. It's happened it, it, when there's like very traumatic effects. Uh, in the Civil War, they they kept printing it to. And it wasn't it wasn't even money. It what it was is uh it what it says on the actual uh Confederate uh bills is it says ten dollars will be paid upon a treaty of peace from between the Confederate States and the United States. Huh. Um and, and that's so it wasn't even it was a credit. It wasn't even a it was a credit <laughs> bill. And and effectively huh. the dollar is still kind of that it's like it's a federal reserve note it's like this is a note for a dollar and it's not actually a dollar um it's not 
<laughs> no. Wait, what? Hold up. A dollar bill is not a dollar? Well, I mean, keep in mind, all money is just a, representative, a representation of productivity. And that's one of the things is like, mm-hmm. if your productivity stays the same, but you went from having $100 into your, in your economy to $1,000 in your economy, like, right. all that's happening is the representation of productivity to one unit of your currency has just gone down, you know? It's like, so at the end of the day, you need to have production to back the currency. Because currency is just, you know, to make it really derivative here, currency is just a way for us to streamline the barter system, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's kind of one of those things, too, is like, regardless of all this inflation talk and things like that, you know, obviously, you got to be aware of that. But, like, at the end of the day, if you're productive and you're, like, valuable to society... Yeah, if you go to the people you around you... Value yeah, to, if you have inherent yeah. value, you will continue to have inherent value regardless of how much money is floating in the system. Right. Okay. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, um, uh, a dollar is, uh, uh, I mean, this is, people are probably going to tear me to shreds on this, but there was, there <laughs> was see. the, uh, all those economists, <laughs> yeah. graduate students listening <laughs> to the podcast the, right uh, now. gold standard and there was the silver standard. Um, we went off of those things under Nixon. Uh, and, um, when they're like, wait, we don't actually have to have all of the gold we say that we have. No, so this, is an, inherent money thing, this is an inherent thing that allows the economy to prosper. This is why there are so many tools that the Federal Reserve has to like regulate runaway situations is because the, the Federal Reserve, the reason why it's called the Federal Reserve is because they reserve an actual amount of money right. that the rest of the economy is based on. And they can loan out if you're a banking institution, you can loan out up to nine times the amount of money that you actually have. Man, they got to fix their security on that system, though, because it's like, I saw Jeremy Irons steal all of it. <laughs> We're going to lock you in the Federal Reserve. <laughs> uh, that's not how that works. <laughs> then freaking Bruce Willis had to go and get it back. <laughs> so I'm making a uh, Die, uh, Die Hard, Hard 3, three right? but anyway I'm out on a limb on the the extent of my knowledge so if you guys have more knowledge on this definitely I'll be reading through the comments and let me know yeah because I always love a good education from another I do too it's actually one of the best things about reading the comments yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. especially when we talk about stuff we really know a lot about <laughs> so yeah. sam emailed me or forwarded me an email that you guys have gotten on the quarter email because i'm learning houdini this dude uh named edmund uh belittle i forget your last name sorry uh basically there's this shot from when they were doing a bunch of nuclear testing it was like the apple II test or whatever apple apple teeny doesn't matter Apple a teeny. house blows up from <laughs> a nuclear bomb. It was, it's the famous shot oh, where like yeah. all the paint vaporizes on it. Yeah. And then moments later, the shockwave hits it and it just crumbles and flies away. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's insanely done because wow. he recreated it in Houdini. Wow. Like redesigned the house from scratch procedurally using Houdini's procedural tools. We're watching a... a... And then simulated it. Because uh, what's happening is that as the blast goes off, the heat... Uh, from the blast travels at the speed of light yeah and so it hits the house instantly and all the paint there is suddenly a thousand degrees right like it just vaporizes right and so that's what you see like floating off of the top of the house and then the black blast wave hits it yeah the, and it, it uh, looks like it sucks it back into so the that's, blast that's what's happening is because like when the actual blast wave hits that's it creates this low pressure zone 
So like after every bomb, honestly, you have that. But mm-hmm. a nuclear blast is on such a, a scale that you can actually see the wind pulling back in. It's wow. so like after a wave, you know, yeah. like a wave splashes on the ground and then it pulls backwards. Like that force actually is quite a bit to pull you back mm-hmm. into the ocean. And so, yeah, he just he recreated it very, very accurately. I was very impressed. That's How, sorry. Go ahead. How is Houdini so far? It's interesting. I haven't gotten very far. In fact, I just did my first render. <laughs> it's yeah. a ball on a concrete surface with a light. <laughs> it's super simple. Um, I'm. I took a picture of it, and now it's on a crypto art website. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want it? I. Uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, it's. It's right now. I'm still trying to wrap my head around all of the different systems in place. We're talking about cops, chops, vops, and sops, and it's like I'm just still trying to figure out that. And so I'm. I'm actually on this. Uh, this MoGraph t- uh, course from this guy named Mark Flancher called. Stop being afraid of Houdini. It's a good title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great title, and and it's it's actually geared specifically for Cinema 4D artists. So that's why I I'm I'm trying it out and haven't gotten very far. And it, what I've found about tutorials is that you have to reach a certain threshold of understanding for the program before they stop putting you to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I'm at that stage where they're still putting me to sleep. It doesn't matter how good the tutorial is. I mean, it's just like my brain just can't function mm-hmm. for more than like literally 30 seconds at a time. And I find myself just like it's so dense. Well, yeah, p- part of that is just my brain. Part of that is also just like um, it's the aspect of learning the, the user interface, all the different operators yeah. and systems and how the actual program works. And once you kind of get a, a basic understanding of all that, then you can do the fun stuff. And then you no longer are put to sleep. That's what it was like when I read that Civil War history. <laughs> what? Yeah, I had to... Un- There's a fun part sleep. after that, though? There was a fun part after it. I had to understand, like, all the characters okay. who are participating. And then, like, I'd be like, who's this? Like, what? what's going on? And there was half the time where I would be, like, falling asleep. And then after I got through, like, the first book, I was like, oh, okay, I remember him. I remember this. And then, like, by the third book, I was like, dude, this is great. <laughs> dude, I, I would love it if Dan Carlin did a Civil War podcast. He, should. he yeah. definitely should. Dan Carlin, I know you're listening. <laughs> He's Dan actually Carlin's live right time. now. He's Dan listening Dan Carlin live. is actually behind this couch. <laughs> oh, hey, Dan. Recording... Yo, what up, Dan? What's up, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, though. I mean, it's like uh, it's like learning a new superpower. So It's a lot like learning a new language. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. what I've, yeah. I've come to figure. Uh, and so once I, I actually start getting to the point where I can start producing things and making things, then it, it's it's less about watching the tutorials and more just like fun, fumbling my way through the, the things and actually referencing the parts of the tutorials when I need them. Right. Carmichael actually said something interesting today because me and Dean were talking about... No way. Hold on. Carmichael <laughs> says interesting things sometimes. <laughs> it was very surprising to me. Uh, but yeah, me and Dean were talking about how uh, specifically like keyframes didn't really do the kind of easing that we wanted it to. Mm. It just doesn't have the level of control that it does in Premiere. And you have to flip the fusion to really get that that level oh, of easing oh, control. Yeah. You're talking about DaVinci, sorry. Yeah, DaVinci, yeah. Um, and he, he just basically said, he was like, well, it's like, it's basically like how if you learn French or you speak French, you can't communicate the exact same things as efficiently or as quickly as you could in English, right? Mm-hmm. You're just not able to because the language doesn't uh, allow you to, uh, and you have to, you have to do certain things or communicate it in a different way to, to, you know, achieve that level of, of efficiency. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was like, well, yeah, I mean, that means that we just need to think more about how we're using Fusion in tandem with with uh, the edit page. Yeah. Know? 
And so that I'm sure that is the same thing with with Houdini or any other program that that's different than the one that you, you know, grew up using or have used for, you know, yeah, years and years. The thing about Houdini, though, is it's, it's like it's so different from every other 3D program out there. It's different from Blender, from Cinema 4D, from 3DS Max, from Maya. It just the way it operates is very different. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I yeah, it's going to feel I think the hardest thing, though, about learning a new program, it's like it's like skiing all your life and then you go to like Whistler <laughs> and you start on the snowboard. You're like, oh, there's that mountain. I just really want to ski on the whole mountain, but if I hit the green <laughs> circles on my freaking snowboard because I don't know how to do it yet. <laughs> and it's like what it's like, you know, for me, like jumping into Unreal, it's like, <laughs> like, I don't know anything. I don't know where anything is. It's frustrating. Like, it's like, I know exactly what I want to do, and I know the technical specifics behind it, but it's like, where's that freaking checkbox? Time to spend the next half hour looking for that one checkbox. So do you find <laughs> collectively, do you guys find that in these in these learning experiences that there is like, yes, there's relearning the language and there's similar words for like the same thing or there's a word for the same thing, but then also there's also a fundamental basis of knowledge that you have to have where you need to think about problem solving sometimes differently too and like say, well... Adobe would solve Premiere would solve this problem this way, but in DaVinci, mm-hmm. because of the way that it's built, it solves this problem this way. Yeah, and definitely. so that that's like a different. There's not a word for it. There's not a toggle for it in yeah. Premiere. There's. I, I mean, a lot of the way. same principles do transfer over between 3D programs, and once you learn those <laughs> principles, they do they do help. Uh, and then it is mostly a matter of like, okay. This is a new house with new shelves, and yeah. all of my stuff is in here somewhere. <laughs> That's great. A great analogy. Yeah. <laughs> Can we title the podcast that? <laughs> a new house with new shelves, and all my stuff is in here somewhere. <laughs> that's, that's what learning a new program is like. <laughs> I think that's called expanding your mind. Right? Mm-hmm, yeah. I think yeah. that's what that's really called. If I want to look at the chat. Is can I get to, that to the oh, hit the yeah. three bars up at the top left uh-huh. where it says we're live? Oh, oh you don't podcast. have it. It's I don't not, have it. We don't have it displayed. Because I had it displayed. A oh, okay. that's a, that's a chat. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but we're in the app slash live dash chat. Ooh, I can just go to the oh guys. Nice. Welcome to the party. We're on corridordigital.com slash live dash chat. Scott, I know you can hear me right now. Turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> Crank it up, Scotty! <laughs> hey, it's your boy, Scotty B, coming in hot. Don't Scotty know if your last name has a B in it, oh, but that's appara- funny. Apparently, it's uh, glitching out a lot. So, uh, uh, just Jake, on iOS. Jake, I saw you recently reached out to uh, Tube Constantine. Jake's going off on his own world right Jake, now. Jake, I saw you recently reached out to um, somebody that had corridor.com. Yeah. Can you mm-hmm. tell me that story a little bit? Yeah, so uh, there's a man who owns Corridor Digital, or sorry, Corridor.com, mm-hmm. and uh, Scott looked him up, and his he's from Down Under. I can't remember if it's New Zealand or Australia, uh, but he has a Twitter profile, and Scott found him on Twitter, and one of the one of his self proclamations of who he is. In his Twitter profile is professional shit talker. <laughs> so oh, this will no. be, be fun. He'd fit in great here. Um, so I, you know, like a class, he's like a troll. So, um, so I, on his site, he's got a, uh, price on there. Site available for lease, and he's got the price on there. 
So for Cordo.com. Like, yeah. And There's so a I, price. Yeah, of course, because he's trolling us. Mm. And so I uh, emailed him and I was like, hey, we'll pay you X for this. And he's like, no, price is on the site. <laughs> Terms are on the site. And I was like, yeah, that's way too much. No one's going to pay you for that. You should just say what it was. I'm go- oh yeah, I'm gonna. That was my <laughs> okay. punchline. Okay. He wanted eighty three hundred a month to lease it. Oh, <laughs> don't even get to own it. Yeah, like, dude, come <laughs> oh. on. Like, what are you? Tr- what scheme are you trying to run? It. No, we're good. We'll dude, stick I with oh, man, leasing a website and like have Ooh. fun wasting away on this URL because no one's gonna buy it from you except for us. And the amount of money <laughs> that I offered, which you could have had in your pocket right now, is apparently what you're not going to get it dude some people haven't listened to that old saying of a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush it really mm-hmm. is and you know i've been saying that more and i I've, don't for I, some yeah. reason why the heck do i keep saying it too i said it today already this is my second time saying it. <laughs> this is true, you love that first one. of all yeah but also we say that to each other a lot mm-hmm. and i i've been saying it to other people and some people have never heard it and i'm like wait where's my nico when i, <laughs> when I need him and it's, why are you even holding a bird? Because you caught a bird, dude. Just you like, caught a bird. Like that? You can just like straight keep up, it just as like a it flew by. And, so my great yeah. uh, <laughs> uncle, used, or my great grandfather, yeah, he used to he used to raise uh, uh, mine mining birds. They weren't canaries; they were a, a, a variant of those. The ones they'd give them little pickaxes and they go down the tunnels. <laughs> 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 the canary there. with a little hard hat. That's actually the term canary in a coal mine refers to a dead canary with a hard hat and a pickaxe in his, in his little... oh, man. Those canaries worked hard back in the day. Um, they deserve more credit. No, but I, I I mean the phrase doesn't it speak for itself? A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Yeah, because you can't see speak? the bush birds, but you can the see the hand bird. In the bush, in the wild. Okay. A bird in your hand. I took it. I always took it literally, and I never quite well, understood. There's one it. bush, and there's two birds in there, and you're like, like, there they are. Like you might be able, to, <laughs> you might be able to see. So it's like a hunting analogy. Okay. Like imagine you're hunting, and you see two birds, uh-huh. and you're like, well, there's two birds there. Are those birds as valuable as the one that you actually have already? Gotcha. I mean, no. Like I understood. Yeah, I understood that's what the, it means. the phrase, oh, okay. but I just never understood the specifics of the words like two in the bush." It always okay. sounds dirty to me for some reason. Two in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. My wife and I. She didn't grow up. Uh, sorry. She she learned English as she grew up, but English wasn't her first language, and so there's all these English idioms that she doesn't know. Uh. <laughs> and so sometimes we have like like for example, her and her sisters grew up saying. Oh, you're just sitting there like a pump out of law. <laughs> a pump out of law? Yes. <laughs> and, I ca- and she used to say that. And I caught her one day and I said, what, what, what are you saying? She's like a pump out of law, you know? Like you're just sitting there. Wait, pump out of law? Pump no, on no, a no. law? Like, like a, imagine you don't know English. And now imagine somebody says, you're just sitting there like a pump, a bump on a log. But you don't hear it. You're like bump on a log. What, bump on a log. You wouldn't hear. Gotcha. You wouldn't hear bump on a log. If you didn't speak English, you'd be like, wait, this this, this phrase you just spoke <laughs> has no makes no sense. Is this a word? I got gotcha. you. And then you would, yes. you would your your brain would naturally be like, okay, bump on a log, that's a word. Uh-huh. You're just sitting there like a bump on a log. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I was like, no, it's a bump on a log. And she's like, what does that mean? <laughs> I was like, well, nothing i mean it means you're you're not doing anybody any good you're just a you're i've actually never heard that phrase before bump on a log no oh and you're from oregon you should bump on a law 
Dude, I, I I spent the least amount of time in my know, life in I Oregon. Know. I'm just I'm trying to draw. <laughs> I'm just trying to draw a conclusion. Um, yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense other than like what it is, which is just I don't know. It's probably some old logger phrase. Mm, yeah. Okay. Here's a crazy thing that I thought of the other day too. Wow. As long as we're on etymology and word usage. Look, don't look a gift horse in the mouth, Jake. <laughs> See, there you go. I've I never, like that. I've one. never heard that. Wait, one. hold on. You never heard? Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. No. A gift horse. Yeah. Like, a horse like as of gift? today, you've never heard of that no. yeah. until just now. No, I've never really? heard that. Really? Yeah. That's such okay. a common one. A horse that a you one. have like has a little bow on it. And no, you, it just you means give it to somebody. You'll, so you give someone a horse, and they're like, "I'm going to check the quality of your horse." And they're looking at the teeth to make sure it's a good horse because that's what you do, I guess. Oh, got and it. You're like, "The heck's wrong with you? Stop being picky. I just gave you a present." Right. Yeah. Got it. Don't look my gift horse in the mouth, you asshole. Yeah. Am I doing that now? No, I just, oh, okay. I just wanted to say it. <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, I went to the rodeo the other day. And you I was, did? I yeah, saw that. And I was That's learning cool. about, uh, like, they have, a, they have this event called steer wrestling. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, what is a steer? You know, I didn't grow up on a ranch. I don't know. A steer is a uh, young male bull who's been... I believe the term is castrated. I don't know if that's the same. Oh. When you remove the 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 nuts. Isn't it gelding? I don't know. But either way, you know, I don't know if castration refers to the whole refers, package. Right. I don't know if it refers, <laughs> I don't know if castration refers to like the long part or the The round long part. part? <laughs> I don't know, you know. <laughs> um but either way, they they remove the uh testicles of mm-hmm. the bull. Is it a moonick? <laughs> That was pretty good, Ren. That is <laughs> pretty good. That was such a dad joke. <laughs> that was a dad joke. That was really good. Um, Maybe it's not. Unique's not really dad joke. Uh, anyways. Um, so uh, I was learning about the types of cattle. Um, and uh, so a male bull is called a bull, right? Mm-hmm. And when he when you, when you cut him off, then he's when it's young, it's known as a steer. And then as it grows into adulthood, it's known as an ox. Hmm. Okay? And in England and in, in Celtic, culture they they have a uh it's a bull ox right it's like the same word in ox and bull and i don't know where the 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 change between bull and ox happened in english but in in old english a any bovine creature that you use for work is known as a bull ox so you're telling me that it's a load of bull ox right so so then 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 that became a swear word Mm -hmm. and then the term bull ox is bollocks is, yeah bollocks <laughs> right and then they have a bollocks knife which is a medieval knife that people used to carry that was used for like cutting food and self-defense and it was like a little dagger and the reason why it was called that is because it kind of looked like you know a male package oh, okay oh um wow. and so then i was thinking Impressive. about that and i was thinking about bollocks and i was like bollocks and then bullshit which is our word for the same thing and then now and now we have this whole phrase. You go through all that etymology down to down to two letters. We say that's BS, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and BS refers to what you're actually referring to when you say BS. And etymologists, if you're listening, correct me, but this is what I drew the conclusion as: is you're saying that you're equivalent of a of an ox who is not a bull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right you don't have it to to do the deed to, to, in terms of this like cattle relationship to to ca- create another cattle so it's bs hmm. isn't that weird that's super weird i saw one of my favorite tweets of all time today 
It was someone did uh, an aerodynamic simulation of a cow. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not very. <laughs> Not very aerodynamic. Nope. This is a cow going hypersonic. <laughs> oh, so that's a shockwave pattern off a yeah. cow. That's really funny. So if cows could fly, so this is I what know. they would look like. It's, this is like, I, I, I never knew I always wanted to see this. It's a cow going hypersonic. And a cow is a female cattle. Right. Obviously. But we also use it to refer to all cattle. <laughs> which is also the same legal word chattel, which means personal property, comes from the word cattle. Did you guys ever play the wow. game Hey Cow? I'm, I'm full of these. I, I went to law school. This is all I got yeah. from it. <laughs> cow, a, lot of, a lot of cow knowledge. A lot of cow etymology. Knowledge. Which yeah. makes sense. Law is very much a language-based thing. Yeah. They say when you get a law degree, you're a doctor of words, not of mm. the law. Hmm. Wordsmith. Mm. Is that why they call you Dr. Justice? Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Dr. Justice. <laughs> what is this cow game you're talking oh, yeah. about? Have you ever played the game Hey Cow? No, no. Basically, hey. when you're when you're driving by a farm, right, or you're like you're on a road and you got like the fence next to you, and a bunch of cows out there, cattle, yeah. right? You roll down the window, and, I, and you lean your head out the the window, and you yell "Hey, cow!" as loud as you can to see if you can get the cows to run away. Mm. It works. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I've, I've done How it. How close do you have to be to the cows? I don't. I, I I've done it from a highway. Huh. Did you like do the Ren scream at them like a full pitched like? Oh, like it hurts! Okay. Oh, I yell yeah. so loud it hurts. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Hey, <laughs> and then you pass out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. But the cows run away. <laughs> and then one time I was like, I whipped out my phone camera and I was like, All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this on camera. And then I yelled at at the cows, and this is actually me at the fence. I've gotten out of my car and was like looking at the cows. I was like, and I yelled at them. And they didn't move a muscle. They just like continued staring at me, and that was it. And that was, yeah. Wow. Fortunately, so. there was a twenty dollar bill at, at my feet, and then a dragon <laughs> flew over. It was amazing. Now that's a story, right? Yeah. Good save. Wow. <laughs> that's that's gonna be my default save for everything. <laughs> but then I turned around, and there was a twenty dollar bill and a dragon. So <laughs> I don't know. One Saturday afternoon, when I was like fourteen years old, at my dad's house out in the country of Minnesota, I'm in the backyard, like doing some chore and I look up and a cow comes rampaging over the long grass and jumps into the yard and I'm just like huh! <laughs> Why? and it starts running at me and I ran and jumped onto the Wait, deck and got inside it, it jumped over the fence? no or... the long grass like, oh the long grass like long grass around the yard it just comes it just appears out of nowhere it was and just lurking just in the... running into the yard and it sees me and it's running towards me like it's a cow running at me <laughs> yeah those things cows, are man. yeah funny animals they yeah. are. They kind of like they're like the young ones are kind of like dogs. They look like a little, little bit. Yeah. And then they so, they kind of know uh I was watching them at the rodeo and they know kind of where to go and 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 they understand uh the the function and purpose of of like people that are either interacting with them or farming like and and gates and 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 like where they should and shouldn't be. Um hmm. like the first thing that the bull do after the rider is they'll 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 go for everybody and and say get away from me and then once they feel like it's clear if they don't feel any threats then they'll turn around and look for how to get out of there and the huh. first thing that they do is look for the gates oh and yeah the, and then the people behind the gates open it and usually the bull just goes 
and takes off back there. Does he charge through the gates? No, they just kind of, they're not happy about it. You know, they're, <sighs> it's not like it hurts them, but what they do is they tie a, they tie a rope around their, like, around their, um, midsection. Yeah. Like, but even lower, okay. um, like around their waist. <laughs> no. Hips. Um, <laughs> <laughs> arms tails legs no Torso. like where your um, where spots just above your genitals like like right low low belly. pelvis yeah pelvis like low belly okay i think uh, i might be belly. wrong but i low, think oh yeah low and then belly, they cinch yeah. it and then they cinch it down and so then once they cinch it then the, the that's what then the animal's trying to get the cinch off hmm. gotcha right right and then and then after the rider is off uh then the uh the i don't know they're not the clowns i don't know if they are the clowns or not but the guys that are next to the bull like keeping the rider safe they'll grab the rope and untangle it hmm. so they have to get right up to the bull and pull this rope off of it well it's all pissed off and like kicking around it sounds pretty, so dangerous wow. it's super yeah, dangerous but it's an, it's an amazing like blend of like animal like you know just like animals being animals and like humans like you know interacting and commanding and trying to control it's it's like it's a it's a dance it's crazy wow yeah and it's not it doesn't hurt there's a lot of people who are like oh rodeo's not good it's it's fine because those bulls are worth so much money and they get treated like royalty they, oh. those those bulls live better than honestly a lot of humans like wow. they, they they're they got everything they that's need. bs <laughs> <laughs> look at that full circle right there <laughs> Jake, would, would you say this is your first rodeo? Oh, that was my first rodeo. <laughs> yeah, literally your first rodeo. Yeah. Wow. You like this it? This is my first rodeo. I did. Yeah. It was really cool. I, I'll definitely go again. It was really interesting. Cool. Yeah. That's very Texas of you. I guess I love how you're embracing just all I, aspects know, of Texas. Like, I don't know what else to do, man. I mean, they're doing it. And I'm like, yeah. what's the what's what do people do around here? And so they go, oh, that's one thing. And I go, okay, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah. That's really intense. Like, I think the thing that really put it into perspective for me was that jackass thing. You guys see the the thing with the, I think it was with um, Steve-O was in it. Did he ride Oh, sorry. Uh, like the video was age-gated. I couldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about that here in a moment if you want. We yeah, should. Actually, we should talk so about that. So what are you talking about with the jackass? But no, it's, I think it's in three, but they, they, they do like actual bullfighting. Where they're like, of course they're like in their underwear or something. Okay. But they're trying to get a they're trying to get a bull to like yeah nail them and and I think <laughs> nail them. I think it's actually it's Johnny Knoxville. It just gets just absolutely obliterated by this. Did he almost get killed because it almost stomped on his head? Oh yeah, it did. Yeah, Dude, yeah, yeah. yeah. All the I got imagine the people horn. die all the time in rodeos. But yeah. Um, well, they all wear you. You wear helmets, and now all of them wear helmets. Still, a bull's Full foot to your helmet. sternum would just crush your rib. Cage. It would crush your rib cage. Yeah. It's 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 just and they they wear um they wear full pads. Oh my God, uh, like on the chest. Oh my God, is that dude! Is that just freaking this is like a different one, but they did it a couple roulette. times. Yeah, this is so dangerous. This <laughs> That's is not, insane. Nika's showing us a video of these guys on like freaking seesaws as bulls trying to yeah. hit them. Don't try that at home, kids. And so the modern oh, bullfighting, the, the modern oh, yeah. bullfighting that they do in rodeo is uh, they they have a barrel man. Who's like the clown and like the guy that gets the crowd riled up? Okay, <laughs> and then he and the uh, and the other fighters. Um, oh god! Oh my oh god! god. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, it's so that's, bad. That's those things. 
We can't show you this video, otherwise this video will also get age So most of the time that stuff doesn't happen because the people that are in the arena aren't these guys. Aren't jackasses? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, wow. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. So that's maybe they handle joke. it a little bit more professionally, they like it a little bit better. Like they, they know, they know the techniques <laughs> to to just like you distract it with one hand and then you go around the other side. You mm -hmm. know, like the the they mm -hmm. they have all those sort of practices to it, and obviously their intention isn't to do this, which is these guys are intentionally trying to rile this thing. You know, like right. once sure. the riders off of it, the intention isn't to rile rile it. Ugh. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, get me out of there. See, that's that's what I'm saying though, is like this th look at that. This, that's <laughs> yeah, that shit no, put it can't. into perspective as to like how how like much force is behind that. No, that's uh those that, things are just uh, very powerful animals. And that one's a small one. Yeah. I would never want to yeah. get in there with one of those things. Like that one's not even that big. Like even with padding and <sighs> proper precautions, like oh <sighs> my god. Yeah, there goes a rib. <laughs> There goes a rib. Yeah. He's running from adrenaline and fear of death. And Johnny Knoxville is dedicated. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> Remember uh, hearing a story about when he filmed, what was that most recent one? Like about like the amusement park or whatever? Yeah. yeah. And he like, they had a stuntman doing the stunt and he's like, it's just not good enough. Nope. I need to do it. And he went in there just, he sends it and just fucks himself up. <laughs> and he's like, uh, uh, you know, like for the Great next lady. 20 minutes on the ground. Yeah. I don't know. I just, Weird that he's driven to be like that. It's strange. Know, yeah. yeah. Always has been, clearly. You respect it to a certain degree, but like... Uh, yeah. And then mm. at another degree, you're like, why? <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do we need to talk? Yeah. I mean, there's got to be just a level of insanity that the, those guys are just on a different level in terms of what they're willing to do, you know? It's like, yeah. It's got to have a little bit of a death wish or something. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But then again, he's made it this far, and he's still alive, so yeah. maybe he's like, I'm invincible. <laughs> Only Bring half it, his you know. friends have it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah, I know. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So, Stuntman React on Saturday <laughs> yes, didn't get so the views it normally notes, would. Yeah. On those notes. Age-gated. Yep. Uh, because we had uh, Raka Raka, and we had uh, a scene from uh, Jackass. And so they age-gated us. Um, which and, is... Yeah, so to clarify what that means, if you don't know, which you probably do, basically it's like you have to have a YouTube account and you also have to say that you're older than 18 years old. You so have to it's prove like, it. Hmm? You have to prove it. You have to prove it? How do you prove it? I've never had to prove it. Well, you might be uh, grandfathered in slash they know enough about us that it's like they know we're not 18. Interesting. Um, but yeah, you have to send them a picture of your ID or credit card. Oh, no way. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. Yeah. It also might be different for each country. So, um, obviously, that's something we try to avoid heavily because w w the point of the React shows and any content that we do isn't isn't to have it be so over the line of what's considered acceptable. To you know, we're not we're not out there trying to find that line necessarily. Mm -hmm. Now, I know we just did Harry Potter rated R, but also I think <laughs> everyone well understood that that was a very specific context for that piece. And it was done with the intention of, of trying to like apply some of these modern and more realistic techniques to this magic. Um, but with the exception of like tiny guns Two, we haven't really gone out with a project of being like, Hey, let's just see if this gets demonetized just to see if there's a line out there or not. 
Um, and so anyways, they age gated it and it was, it's tough for us because we try to make that show, uh, that was a good episode too. And yeah. Lauren Mary Kim's awesome. And it's like, she's talking about some really cool stuff she did on Mandalorian. And exactly. it's like, yeah. and the that, idea it would have been really cool to share that with as many people as possible. Exactly. And the idea is to feature her, to feature her work. It's really unfortunate. Educate people on why it's cool so that the next time they see the Mandalorian or they see her, they know like who she is and why and, and the, the sort of art of the performance that goes into it. That's, that's the idea. And so, you know, but not every, can't win them all, you know? That's just that's just the way it goes sometimes, and uh, yeah, it's unfortunate because I wish there was a system where YouTube could just whitelist channels, knowing like, okay, everything you're going to get from game theorists or Core or Crew or you know, like that have this history of years and years and years of pouring money and resources into the platform to create a a, a show format that it, like people return to and is also like considered, you know, to be uh well open to a wide audience i mean the point still stands though if they they would have still had to age gate the video because it doesn't matter whether or not we were whitelisted it's like it, the video itself they still deemed as being you know not suitable for well, that's what minors. i'm saying i think maybe they should do that at the channel level not at the video level but then okay so they do that at the channel level but then we could have still released that video and it wouldn't have been age gated and then that would have gone against what youtube would have preferred I know, and that's the difference. What if we decided to like go to this random reason, Japanese forest and find this dead got, dude? Oh my god, that is so much different. Yeah, the, I know. The reason I know. why it got, I'm just saying we the, could do the it. The reason why is because when the, their their big policy, the thing that they want to stay away from with respect to acts, is are these easily replicable by miners? And I, I I get that, but it's also that's one of those policies where their their philosophy is. Well, if we're just a little bit more heavy-handed than we need to be, then overall it's for the greater good, and that's their that's their philosophy. There, it's the same thing with uh, anytime you're doing a video that shows when we did the sniper camera, how, anything that can be construed as mm -hmm. how to m manipulate a firearm mm -hmm. or or uh, uh, adjust a firearm, you know, mechanically. Right. They they they're so adverse to anything that could be conceived of that. Obviously, we found another one. We didn't know that at the time we made that sniper video. We were like, this is fine. We're, we're using a lower yeah, receiver that, from an that was, airsoft That rifle. was a great video, too. And it was like, Should it's for a, photography. A mount for and, photography. Yeah. That video is super underperformed. Right. And so we, we didn't know that at the time. Well, here we found another one. And so I just don't know how many of these are out there. I think at this point, we just accepted that. You know, of the year, you're going to hit five to ten videos that get no. blocked on some thing or another. But I just, I wish, and I don't mean to bash, everyone bashes on Google and YouTube. I think they do a lot to try to keep their platform. Arguably, YouTube is like the the most socially responsible social media platform out there. And it still has problems. Right. Don't get it's, me wrong. It's pretty low bar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think YouTube is still very exploitative of yeah. minors. Right. Um, and it shouldn't be. But, uh you know, it's not TikTok. <laughs> yeah. No, not, not TikTok. TikTok really, everybody's just cool terrifying. with it. Nobody gives a crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, whatever. Uh, so anyways, I don't mean to be Debbie Downer. I just, uh, it's interesting because we have to factor that in now. And I wish there was a little bit more of a, I guess, a process that channels could go through with them as they, like, as you come up, you know, you start, you're just creating videos. You're just trying to make, 
trying to make ends meet. You're trying to get your following. You're trying to make your uh, format. You're trying to, you know, do that. You're trying to contribute to the platform. Well, I wish as people came up through starting out and going through the process that there was a little bit more of a process directly with YouTube to say, okay, I've been doing this for five years. Like take, take a team and, and review like the whole of our library and give us like a decision. Like is our library like something where you can say safely say like as a platform, like, Hey, we stand behind this, have us sign a contract, you know, like whatever. But like, there should be a little bit more of that interaction, I think. Mm-hmm. Then again, you know, who knows how many other channels are out there that are bigger than us? Maybe we're a small fry. There's so many big channels now. Yeah. It's like looking at cities in China, man. You're like, <laughs> cool. There's like, this city's got 5 million people and that city's got 10 million people and they're all bigger than LA. <laughs> you know, it's like, and you never, this is maybe just me being ignorant, but you never heard of them, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, dude, 20 million people live there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's bigger than LA. It's yeah. like, wow. There's so many channels out there now. That's how I feel. It's like, yeah. It's yeah. kind of scary, and it's also bubbled out, so like you don't cross the borders into other bubbles. You just never know they exist. I know. Yeah, yeah no kidding. And you start yeah. seeing that it a little w- bit when when you get to like the end of the year, like when Mr. Beast did his whole like uh, his own YouTube rewind thing, and it's like it, it, it's it's representative of mostly what he mm-hmm. considers to be YouTube, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't really touch a lot of facets that other people consider to be YouTube. Yeah, which is funny because like. Last year, we were on the trending page pretty much every weekend. Yeah. You know? So, theoretically, if you're going to do a YouTube Rewind, maybe the one show that hits the trending page every week for a year <laughs> would be a show that would be on the Rewind, but it's not. <laughs> and and I'm, not, I'm not bothered by it. It's just, no, I, I really find it interesting it either, but... that, like, you know, every, every, it's all subjective. And you're, we're all looking at, my, my view of YouTube and, and who are the big creators of YouTube doesn't even touch a fraction of the huge creators out there. Yeah. And and I'm like, because like you're saying, it's like, oh, wow, this guy has 13 million subscribers. I've never heard of this person in my life. Yeah. And there's a thousand of them. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. It's, it's And it's really cool that they're able to establish an ecosystem that's that robust. Like, that's so... I don't think anyone ever thought it would be like that when it first started, that there would be that many... Yeah like opportunities yeah. for people and there'd be that wide and large of an audience globally, you know, it's pretty remarkable. Do you yeah. think what that means though, is that YouTube might not have the resources to do what you're proposing, which is to like, yes, it could be that. Yeah, it definitely could be, but you know, they are owned by alphabet mm-hmm. and I, I'm not saying like, Oh, they're big companies. You got all the money in the world. So you should just waste a bunch. <laughs> like, I'm not yeah. saying that either, uh, but if, logic stands that if you had a company with that large and not enough resources that you would you would think hey maybe there's a practice that we can employ and make it efficient and and economical for uh the people that are involved and we can find a way to do that without losing money yeah um i think that at least somebody's would look into it and maybe it's just not maybe it's so far down on the like nitty gritty level of of people that are actually creating for the platform that maybe it's something that's just overlooked you know yeah. could i play us out with my hand pen oh dude Ooh, yeah. Wait, real quick though i i want to yeah. i want to mention something it's like we're, uh just going back to what we we're talking about a moment ago with the thousands of channels that are all huge it's like corridor as a company with 
our, even if you were to combine all our channels together, we're not even in the top like 10,000 of channels. What? Maybe yeah, 10,000. Okay, sure. I made that up. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we, are. we definitely yeah. are. Yes. Are we though? Let's yes. double check that. My point no, is I that. I checked it frequently. Okay. Yeah. Check. I'm checking. In fact, if you combine, sorry, just to go one step further, the... if you combine Corridor and Corridor Crew, we're in like the top thousand. Well, if you combine them. If you combine them. Okay, still then though. we combine them. Still Wait, though. Nico, I suggested <laughs> combining them years ago. No. Never happened. <laughs> no. Um, my point being, though, is that when I started with Corridor in 2012, Corridor was a top 100 YouTube channel. Yes. Heck we, yes. We were, we were 77 remember, was the top. Yeah, because I remember joining when we were just under 100, and then we slowly <laughs> started climbing up over 100, uh, or sorry, under 100 and down, and like, it was it was really cool. Of course, Freddy at the time was like number five, Yeah, uh, the Freddie W channel, rather. Three, I think. Uh, I yeah, they got, you know, it's like, that was a big deal, and going, then sorry, slowly over time, it was just like, it's not that we lost popularity we've only continued gaining popularity since then but the speed at which we've done that is not nearly as fast as everyone else on the platform who has rocketed up past us that's mm. true and not true we've we have like we've had different phases okay you're absolutely guess, right we have we, gone through phases because i yeah i got a new phone recently and i went to the store over the weekend to get the sim card installed and the guy uh putting in my uh card he was like he waited until he had my name down he's like i love your stuff yeah. <laughs> i was like oh hey what's Slipped up it in there. Uh, <laughs> likewise when I, I ordered some stuff from sweetwater music and the guy you know he's like okay we got all your stuff i should be there in two weeks also uh you should look into surf ninjas for stuntman react <laughs> <laughs> Put a suggestion. it's like a comment that he left yeah. IRL. <laughs> but my point was that he had no idea who we were before last year he started watching all our videos through uh once quarantine started and most most new viewers only know us from the quarter crew channel and they have no idea that we made all these hyper viral videos you know six seven years ago yeah, yeah. and and they like and i see this a lot people like I'll get tweets made like, oh my god, I had no idea you were the guys who made this video. I fell in love with you last year, but it turns out I fell in love with you eight years ago and just forgot All who you were. All the time I've loved you. <laughs> it's just funny. I mean, we've been on this platform for so long now that it's like you have those phases and people yeah. only know those phases. They don't know your whole history. Right. It also goes to show how bad of a business model viral videos are for audience retention. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, an yeah. interesting point. You, like, you wow. think about people's habits on the platform. Like most people aren't, I don't think there's a lot of people who have been on the platform consistently since the beginning as a consumer of content. The only ones I can think of are like Rhett and Link. No, I'm saying like as a consumer. Oh, as a consumer. As a consumer, viewer. sorry. I thought you were talking as, as producers. a viewer. Like, I have been a consumer since the very beginning. Yeah, yeah I mean, I guess I have too. I just don't, I don't know I if uploaded my first video in May of 2006. Man. Anyway, we are 2,916 subscriber ranking on Corridor Crew. Wow. What, what, say that number again? 2,916. On Corridor? Corridor yeah, Crew. Corridor oh, hit me with Corridor. Corridor. Well, the, also, the video view rank on Corridor Crew ranks Yeah. By the way, it's worth mentioning, Corridor, you can't we're not giving any attention. It's, it's old, right? Yeah, okay, but before, before, before Christian throws out Corridor, crew. I just want to point out, like... We're still going to make corridor videos, don't worry. But like, <laughs> you know, this past year, especially the pandemic and everything else going on, it's become a, you know, a thing in the background. Yeah. Corridor still blows corridor crew out of the water yeah, yeah. with numbers, which is nuts. Well. Subscriber rank is 1,064. 
1064 for Corridor. Not top 1000, Nico. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, I said if you combine them. You combine them. You gotta combine that them. That is actually, that is better than I expected, to and be honest. Video view rank, 2500. And that's and that's the channel Wait. that we don't even Wait, what the video on right now. the video like you, the views the quarter, the quarter You said 2500? Mhm. That's on YouTube. that's a higher number than 1000, so no. that's not better. I'm so I'm confused. to the quarter crew. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah. But well, it's because we got those videos that have like 100 million views yeah, on them. That's because there's yeah. that 150 mil view world's longest lightsaber. 50 mil. No, that's 150. More. Oh, 150. 150. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> We should make another one of those. That was fun. Yeah. Just use CamTrack AR so I don't have to track the shots anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like, Corridor gets more subscribers per day than Corridor Crew. Now. Still, Today, Corridor picked up more so subscribers than Corridor Crew. I skeptical of that video idea. <laughs> like, Nico, this is a terrible idea. Da, 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 da. Hey, if it makes you feel any better, both Carmichael and I scoffed at your idea of doing uh, vlogs. It's true. I I was, this all, was like this that. is like December 2015, and you're like, what if we start doing like daily vlogs? And both Carmichael and I were like, <laughs> no one would watch that. <laughs> For a long time, no one did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm gonna take us out, but before I do, I'm gonna tell everybody a little bit about my brand new hand pan. Yes, Ooh. sir. So I got this on Friday. I put in the order back in uh, October, I believe. So it turns out there's a Handpan Craftsman, actually a whole workshop uh, in Glendale, uh, Nirvana Handpan and Acolyte Instruments. One of the people who were listening to the podcast was actually trying to make his own handpan and hit them up and got a job there. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. What? Yeah, which is cool. So, um, you know, handpans usually don't come in stainless steel. Usually there are different other forms of steel. Uh, but stainless steel Mercury. resonates uh, very, very nicely. However, it's very hard to work. So this pan, the guy's working on it, he actually threw it away halfway through and started over. Well, yeah, dang. that's just one. Their commitment to quality is really up there, but two, it also it's how hard stainless steel is to work. Yeah, yeah. and um, it's like, and it also just reinforces that the value isn't in the material; it's the craftsmanship. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's the thing for almost any like nice instrument too. But uh, the other cool things about it is I got, oops, I got an <laughs> extra note on the bottom. Oh, point it to the camera so they can see it. Yeah. And then I dropped a note on the top. My other hand pan had a B flat, which was the sixth interval on the scale. And I dropped that one because you don't use the sixth too often in minor scales. And I added an octave at the top. Because, you know, the, noc- the, the root note is kind of a resolving note. You know, like... Like, you need that to finish ah, your phrase, right? right? So when you're doing your little solos and stuff, you can, uh, you can get in there. But the hand pan resonates very nicely. Oh. You can hear all the dedication in the vibrations. <laughs> you can. You can hear all that. And the other nice thing about the resonance is you can get that wah effect. Let's see if you can hear it through this microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Point it right in there. So it's what I'm doing there is I'm waving my hand over. I'm not touching the hand pan. I'm literally just waving my hand over the zone that I hit. And it disrupts oh, the sound waves and gives see, me a See, a that's wah. what I, I, I'm confused about. So it's like you're waving the air around, and that's what's disrupting it. Because I asked you, what would it not work if you have your hand, like, parallel to the surface? No. Because I was thinking maybe it would be, like, reflecting the sound waves off your hand, but it works this way. Yeah, it's weird. Which I don't, is like, hmm. okay, so maybe it's an air thing? Maybe. It has maybe to it's, be. Maybe, it's, maybe the <laughs> sound waves are bouncing off your hand outwards, and, and this is just, it's, I don't know. It's called I'm a waft. You waft the vibration. <laughs> yeah, you waft the note. <laughs>
So I would explain it. Don't I don't get it either, Ryan. So okay, handpan. Mm-hmm. Is that the actual official name of this instrument? So uh, the very first handpan was called the hong drum, and I can't remember if it was made by a guy who was Swedish or Swiss because they kind of become the same thing in my mind, even though they're definitely not. <laughs> um, so, anyways, you just started a war. <laughs> <laughs> so hong is the either Swedish, I think Swiss. Actually, it must be Swiss because hong is, I think, the Swiss term for hand. Okay. So hand drum, okay. uh, and it was basically the guy made sound sculptures. Uh, needless to say, uh, they cost ten grand, and you had to write an essay to even be considered, and Whoa. so on and so forth. But people, little by little, kind of got their hands on them, and were like, "Wait, you we got can their hongs on them? <laughs> <laughs> you got their hongs on them? Yeah, exactly." So for a long time, people called them the hang drums. Uh, you know, they kind of give hang it the Americanized accent. Uh, however, that's the brand name for that specific sound sculpture from that specific company. Okay. Mm. Uh, so this is not a hang drum. This is a handpan because it's not made by that. You know, whatever that company right. is in Swiss, Switzerland. Kleenex versus tissue. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so needless to say, I have it. It's in the key of D minor. I've been waiting for it for a long time, and I think it sounds lovely, and I'm going to play a little bit of it as we end the podcast here. Right. Sounds great. Dude, let's go. I'm ready to be put to sleep. <laughs> in joining us live consider subscribing to corridordigital.com where we have exclusive shows an entire blog just dedicated to the crazy things we do around here we've also got a show called functional filmmaking brought to you by david carmichael the one and only i bet you didn't know that his first name was david now you do because you listened Everybody. Oh, <laughs> oh, what happened? Is it tomorrow? Right. Thanks, Thanks for watching. For <laughs> watching or listening? Both! <laughs>